0: Welcome to the Geek Generation. I'm your host, Rob Logan. Joined in the studio by Paulo.
1: Oh, keep it until we finish. (laughs) And Matt West. Shazbot.
0: Shazbot. I feel like that is a thing that maybe I should know. (laughs) (laughs) This old Mork.
1: Mork,
0: No. Mork Okay. Going way back. Going way back. back. Uh, So, this is our, finally, this is our spoiler filled discussion of The Last Jedi. It has been a long overdue. Uh At this point, we feel like everybody's seen the movie. I'm going to pretend that was our intention. Our actual reason is that we just hadn't gotten everybody together to get this recorded, uh, but I've been looking forward to it for a while. This is the same crew that did our spoiler discussion of The Force Awakens, so I wanted to make sure we kind of got the same crew together for it, because I know how passionate you guys are about Star Wars.
1: Continuity.
0: Continuity. So that discussion went so well, I thought, hey, Let's get the boys back together. Do it again. So at this point, if you have not seen Star Wars The Last Jedi, this is your fair warning that we will be talking about everything in depth. Spoilers everywhere. I recommend, highly recommend you see the movie first, unless you're just a spoiler junkie that wants to know everything that's going to happen before you watch it, which I'll never understand. But uh, once we step into the spoiler room, it is fair game. All bets off. Here we go.
2: Access
0: Granted. Welcome. Star Wars The Last Jedi. So, uh, in past spoiler rooms, what we've done is kind of go through the entire movie, step by step, kind of major scene by major scene, and dissect everything that way, uh, just because of the organization of it was easy to follow. Uh, I threw that all the window, uh, all, all out the window this time, uh, because who needs organization? I mean, I do have notes there organized, but I thought because of the divisiveness of this film, I would break it down into the things that we thought worked and the things that we thought didn't work, and kind of see where we weigh in ultimately on the other side of that. So at least that's how I have my thoughts organized, and I'm sure you guys have a lot of thoughts that will just permeate right into that.
2: I'm going to let you two kind of run with the discussion because it's been a while since I saw the movie. I will remember things. <laughs> you will. As mm-hmm. they are brought up, mm-hmm. but I cannot off the top of my Domington tell
0: you like how I feel about us or like, you know, what, what Exact is things. It. And yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. We're going to jog your memory as we go. Excellent. All right. So, uh, I want to talk first about some of the things that I thought worked because why not start with the positive? So, uh one thing that people were fearful of going into this movie that I thought actually worked really well were the porgs. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I
2: think the internet turned it into a weirdly annoying thing. They did. Like, there was nothing, like wrong with them I think you know they're just like any other Star Wars. Well they were like
0: feature. oh they're gonna be the next Ewoks and I was like I hope so I love Ewoks. <laughs> right there's more they're gonna be the next Jar Jar Binks that's yeah. what the worry was. Yeah.
1: A bad CGI but no they were cool.
0: No I really liked the Porgs I thought they were they were adorable. Um, They were put in there sparingly like just enough. Yeah. It yeah. was never overkill mm-hmm. so I thought they were treated really well. Yeah I think
2: yeah they just enough is I think the right word for it Cause I mean, they could very easily have been annoying because, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they could have flooded the Millennium Falcon with like 5,000 porks. You know what I mean? And like had them in every scene, mm-hmm. but they, they used them sparingly. And I think that was it.
0: Although I will say on that note that Chewbacca holding the cooked pork <laughs> and he never actually took a bite of it. I understand why, but at the same time, it's dead already. Yeah. You've now gone, you're just wasting food
2: <laughs> you've gone through the process of cooking it it is completely cooked yeah it is in your hand and just because you see and the, that's like that's like eating chicken and then seeing a chicken walk by and suddenly you're
0: not hungry like that I'd be like, like cook that one too yeah <laughs> I want seconds
1: I love how he turns like all right well I'm just gonna turn the other way and not look at this one poor give me the sad eyes yeah and go to eat and then there's another one give it was terrific. I thought that was a great little.
0: scene. It was really good, and they were very, they were very expressive. They had, yeah. like you said, they had the big, sad Giant eyes, animi, and they yeah, yeah. really good. I, I was very surprised with them. Um, also the, uh, I didn't even know these were gonna be in the movie until I saw the movie. The uh, Jedi Island caretakers, the Octu caretakers, mm-hmm. those were, um, they were in it very little, but every time they popped up on screen was a wonderful joke. Yeah, yeah. Like every time something broke, they're just like. Son of a <laughs> the fuck, bro. Yeah, I, I found them very enjoyable. Uh, kind of like the the straight man to destruction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think overall, I think some of the use of of humor was done well. I mm-hmm. don't think they overdid humor, and I don't the the successful Star Wars movies. I don't think humor was ever like the forefront, but you'd have an, a a well crafted line, or you know, that would bring a laugh. And I think some of the, like the sight gags they did were were good, but they weren't overdone.
0: Mm-hmm. There were... So, the humor, given the situation, uh, there were a couple places where I thought the humor didn't fit that we'll definitely get to. But, uh, for the most part, I thought they did a pretty good job with it. Uh, but I have I have weird issues with the humor, too. Like, I had some issues with Avengers as well, where, like that Galaga joke in Avengers, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people dug that joke, and I was like, oh, no, that's... That's stupid. <laughs> Uh, Snoke's origin is a thing I thought worked. I know there's a lot of people that disagree with me. I found Snoke from the beginning to be a very one dimensional character. Mm-hmm. I'm evil. I'm the new emperor. Who gives a fuck where I come from?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, they, we know that they disposed of him in this movie, uh, and they never revealed his origin. And they didn't reveal his origin because it doesn't matter. It's not important. I understand people's need for world building and having, uh, the Star Wars like mythology built out for them and spoon fed to them. But sometimes guys, mystery is better. I think you'll all find that out when Solo comes out. But, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but, but I, I think sometimes mystery is better and it doesn't have to be a specific origin story. The fact that we don't know is fine and ultimately he's not important enough for us to really get it. Yeah, it's kind of like a
2: through line through the a theme of the movie is like kill the past, mm-hmm. right? So like I mean the fact that we don't know where he comes from or that they don't confirm that he's like, you know, whoever you know the the internet speculated him to be is fine. I mean the 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 trilogy moving forward is about Kylo versus Ray. Mm-hmm. It's not about even Luke. I mean, as we know. Right. It's like the literally everything that connected you from the past is almost all dead. Or is it all dead? Yes, it's all dead. Almost. So, I mean, for the most part, like I I was, you know, curious about what his origins were, but I wasn't troubled by the fact that they didn't do anything with it.
1: I'm actually glad that in the long run they didn't make him Darth Plagueis. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, while there's been reference to Darth Plagueis and they used that whole legend of Darth Plagueis to uh, for, uh, Palpatine to, to begin Anakin down the dark, dark, the path of the dark side. Uh, I, I didn't think we needed that. I, I didn't think we even, you know, some people thought, oh, maybe it's going to be Palpatine re- regenerate or what, you know, read, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I think you're right. I think there's plenty of ways for the extended universe stuff, the, the extended can, uh, the legendary people can write books on this, mm-hmm. you know, and and that'll be allowed to happen. So if you really want to see what somebody's creative, Process of it could be there's going to be a book somewhere or a comic book or whatever that you can follow at that point if you really care that much. Yeah, but I don't think that I think in trying to build, you know, a backstory for Snoke, it would have had to take the pacing of the movie back as mm-hmm. it would, and it was already like the longest Star Wars movie. Yeah. so I mean, mm-hmm. you didn't need to have a whole backstory because it, it was irrelevant for the if he was going to be around spoilers for for movies to come, then great. But I mean, really, he's not even. A major part of the movie, if you think about
0: it. It would I mean, have been crowbarring scheme. in exposition yeah. and mm-hmm. slowing down a scene just to tell us that, just for fan service, and that's not how you tell a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, And better. eventually what happens with Snoke anyway is, mm-hmm. I mean, you're
2: not focused on that anymore. After he, he gets his Just Desserts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I'm talking around it like we're not in the spoiler We are
0: room. in the spoiler room, so yeah. Yeah, so
2: like, you know, even after he gets fucking sliced in half, like, you know, I no longer I'm like it's a good way to proceed with the movie because I'm no longer curious about Snoke. Mm-hmm. All I want to yeah. know is how Kylo executes like his will from here on out. Yeah. Because he's been sort of like a puppet or like uh in servitude of another for for the entire time that we've known him. So now I'm more curious to see like how he moves forward as the leader. Mm-hmm. You know what
1: I mean?
0: Agreed. So Yeah. Kylo's the interesting character. Snoke is a means to an end.
1: If you draw a parallel to the first uh and you know, everybody criticized the parallels between uh the previous film and 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 a new hope mm-hmm. but if you think about the first time you saw star wars and no one spoiled anything for you did you you wanted to know more about vader but you right there you knew that there was this big army so that you know you have the 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 empire you have all these people in place you have this you know this guy who is in black very intriguing mm-hmm. you put it now forward You've got the first order. It's in place. The first order is here. Did you really need to have, we got all this backstory in the prequels. Arguably, we didn't need all the stuff in the prequels. No, You know, that's a, in a lot of the mystery that was Darth Vader. You could say, you know, have the reveal. He's, he's Luke's father. But you didn't need those three movies. And I'm not one of them. I'm not a prequel hater. But you didn't need that. And just no. like this, Snoke is now. You know, the grand, you know, the, the grand general. He's the head of the, the first order. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to know where he, all you know is at this point in time, there is the first order. He is their leader. Kylo Ren is the Darth Vader, if you will, at the time. You don't need to know all the, the pieces of this for it to be the beginning of a movie and for it to move on. And I think that that's sort of we've been. At this point, with like you said, the the fa- the fanboy servicing the fanboy of well, where did he come from? Where did he, you didn't have that with Star Wars initially? No, no. but we're so used to getting all this now that people now are well, I'm let down because I don't know that. But you didn't need that, and Star Wars arguably is one of you know that and Empire are like the two best movies in the whole series. Yeah,
0: it would have been so. a tangent from the main storyline that would have only pulled away from it, not added to it. And like we said, that's not that's not good storytelling. Uh, Even, like, looking back at the prequels, having watched the prequels, and now if I go back and watch the original trilogy, I do not connect Anakin Skywalker with Darth Vader. Like, even when you see him helmet off, like, that's not... It feels like a different character mm. to me. So even, I, even though I have this big explanation for Darth Vader's origins, I do not even connect his origin story necessarily to... The current Darth Vader or the one that I've always known. So would it actually have done anything for us?
1: Right. But like the Rogue One Vader mm-hmm. absolutely feels like Vader of A New Hope to me, at least.
0: Yeah. No, you know, you're right. Absolutely.
1: But I don't connect him with Anakin, you know. Right. The-
0: feels, feels different. Yeah. Uh, on that note, another question that was lingering from the first movie, because we asked a whole bunch of questions. After the first movie, another one that was lingering is the origin of Rey and who his who her parents are. And we had a bunch of theories and we went over them, uh, and the internet had a bunch of theories, and I thought they took the best possible route. Rey's parents are nobodies, Nobody's. because the whole one of the biggest points of the movie, aside from letting the past die and her letting go of who her parents are, is the fact that. A hero can rise out of anywhere we see it in the final scene of the movie with that force sensitive kid so the fact that the the force can be strong with anybody means that anybody can rise up anybody can become a jedi with the proper training uh so the fact that her parents are not super like blood related jedi i think makes her a more interesting character Having her tied to one of the other characters does not serve her as a character. Yeah. Having her as a standalone, isolated person creates a new dynamic like it hasn't for others. Yeah. Like we've told that story already.
2: Yeah. And I think that's like a primary criticism of, um, you know, just the Star Wars movies in general. Like they keep retelling the same story over mm-hmm. and over again. So one one way you divert or the one way that you exit from that, like an exit strategy from that is to just make it not matter, Mm -hmm. like just create a new character who is independent of the previous characters who just so happens to be on the same level as characters that we've had in the past. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, yeah, I don't like I did care for a little bit about who's raised parents were because they did play it up to a degree, but. Now that they've kind of... I mean, I don't know if they've actually resolved it or not. I mean, that might just be Kylo just saying, they're nobody. Like It could be. That it could, yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, could right. be
0: a work, and it could be something they go into in the third movie. I hope they don't. Yeah. I hope this is it.
2: Like, you're just a regular person. Yeah. Just, That's just way in more interesting to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I, I thought Adam Driver's performance in that scene was awesome, too, because mm-hmm. it was so, like, they're nobody. Yeah. You, you, they were dust. It's like, he's so just...
0: Cold. dismissive of it and, too. and yeah. but
1: but i and then he get turns that emotion on but i am the one who cares about you mm-hmm. i am the one who wants you to be great i want you to and it just the way he put that on her, like you could feel how cold he was it was, it was i thought that i was mean one he of gets
0: a map. little meta for a second and he's like you're nobody in this story
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah i mean i liked adam driver's delivery in the majority of this movie mm-hmm. um you know he which is like, you know, he kind of reserves his rage, which shows, like, a little bit of growth from the last movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he's just, like, breaking shit with a lightsaber. You know, like, this movie, he's much more, like, calm and calculated. Mm-hmm. And when, and during a time when you would think that he might rage out and, you know, break things, like, he just manages to suppress it. Which is, like, you know, which is showing growth in a character, which mm-hmm. I can appreciate.
0: Yeah. And that actually leads to my next thing uh, of stuff that worked in this movie. Just boom. Kylo Ren. The most interesting character in this current trilogy. By far. Like, I, I would also argue, like, as much as Rey is a prominent character in this and one of the main characters, this story is Kylo's story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Not even necessarily Rey's. Kylo is the one going through the biggest character arc and taking the most turns. And is the most emotionally interesting, uh, because we know, like, we know his origins. We know, uh, the misunderstanding that happened within this story now, uh, and with Luke to kind of get him to this point or at least lead him down this path. But, uh, we, we see the conflict throughout the movie. I mean, there's the scene where he is, uh, gonna destroy or at least fire upon the rebellion ship and it's he he senses his mom he senses leia and he can't do it so the conflict is real even though he killed his dad he can't kill mom Mm. Mm -hmm. that's fucked up
1: i i I thought like like very much i really felt that ray was the central interesting character in the first i didn't while i liked kylo ren in the first film Mm -hmm. i thought there was a lot of there were weaknesses in that character in the first and I think in the second movie it was real. Like he was way more interested in, the, mm-hmm. in, the, in Last Jedi, and he was there was a lot to learn about him, and and you really do get a better feel for all right why you know there is a lot of fear and and betrayal in what has built him to who he is, mm-hmm. and and I feel that in Last Jedi he, you're right he was really the most centrally interesting character in that film.
0: Absolutely. They even uh, I appreciated that they. Through like one line of exposition, they answered a question we had from the first movie, which is why was Kylo, who is a clearly trained Jedi, able to be beaten by Rey in a lightsaber battle? And Snoke says it with like one line of dialogue, like your conflict is real. You allowed yourself to be beaten by a force sensitive child Mm -hmm. because you are so screwed up inside right now. And that I was like, yes, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Like it took one line and you explained to me why he lost that fight. That was appreciated. They didn't do that with all the questions we no, had no. with the first <laughs> movie, but that one was, was a good one to answer. I thought, uh, the whole Luke versus Kylo dynamic was strong. Mm-hmm. It was the thing I cared about maybe the most, Absolutely. maybe even more than the Kylo and Ray dynamic. And largely that's because luke is luke yes i care about luke i have years invested in luke. and you
1: waited a whole previous movie to get luke yes you got that one little flashing glimpse of him in the previous film now in the last jedi you get luke
0: yes give me as much luke as you can give me now mark hamill was criticism uh was um critical of the luke skywalker that we got in this movie saying that like i'm playing this role this does not like, this isn't the Skywalker, the Luke that I remember. And I kind of agree with him there, to some degree. But I also understand the direction that they took him in. It felt a little bit like uh Bruce Wayne in The Dark Knight Rises. Like, his argument was, Luke's always been the optimist. He would never step away like this. Mm-hmm. Just That's- like Bruce Wayne would never step away for eight years. Like, well, the mission he, yeah. is to...
1: But he, he had said, you know, oh, well... A Jedi, a Jedi. Why would they? Why would they exile themselves? But Obi Wan did. Oh, Jedi's do it all the time, right? So I mean, as he became stronger with the Force and more in and seeing failures in trying to to mentor, he would absolutely follow the way of. Especially if he was communing with with Force ghosts, he would follow the teachings of Obi Wan and of of Yoda, and that's why I think he exiled himself there.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I like the consistency that the character portrayal of luke in this movie had with sort of the theme of the jedi in general Mm -hmm. in this movie is that they are not perfect beings you know yes in fact they are actually pretty terrible at their jobs for the most part i mean you know like you look at how jedis have interacted with the dark side the force and the universe in general throughout the entire movie whatever you want to call it, you know, Mm -hmm. like in the prequels and in the regular trilogy. And now with the sequels, like they're not very good at what they do. I mean, they're good at fighting and they're good at using the force. Mm -hmm. But as far as pursuing that to a specific end, they've pretty much failed like nine times out of ten.
0: And that's Luke through like the original trilogy, at least the first movie. Luke keeps winning by failing. He's literally like a neophyte. Like he's the
2: definition of that word in like the original trilogy. And so like to see that manifested in a character who has failed so many times and is now sort of like a hermit on this, like, you know, it's like, I just give up. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm really good at certain things, but for, you know, in terms of being what other masters have been in the past in terms of like being responsible for their own and being able to push forward an agenda in a successful way. Mm -hmm. I'm not that guy. Like I can teach you how to use the force, but I can't teach you how to, like, for lack of a better word, defeat the dark side. Because, I mean, like, yes, you can defeat the dark side with the force, but can you do it with a strategy in mind? Mm-hmm. Which I feel like the Jedi almost never have.
1: Right. Isn't it sort of the legacy of the Jedi too to, to to fail? I mean, you think about Qui-Gon was originally going to be the, uh, the, the mentor. What's the word for, for the, there's the, the, the teacher and then the Padawan is there. But he was going to be the original one for Anakin. Mm-hmm. And then he, so then Obi-Wan takes him on. But Yoda talks about how he failed with Count Dooku, and Mm -hmm. he went to you know. So if you look at all these different, then Obi Wan failed with Anakin, Luke failed with Ben Solo, Mm -hmm. Yoda failed. It's it's sort of
0: like you said. I don't know know, if it's necessarily their legacy, as it is the thing that they focus on the most. Because you probably have to think about all the ones that they've succeeded with, or else we wouldn't have any Jedi. But they're 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 the comedian on stage that sees one person not laughing they look at all their successes mm-hmm. of the Jedis they've trained and they only look at that one Sith, the one that turned the one un- they lost. Unfortunately,
1: those Sith wiped out all the Jedis. Yeah. yeah. No, you're <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Well, in this universe, you only have to fail
2: once for it to come back and destroy you. So yep. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, the, the, the margin for error is very low, so you can't really make a lot of mistakes. And I guess, you know, that's the driving force, but you know, I mean, With that being said, you know, you grow up and you think that the Jedi are like these this masterful class of force-wielding ninjas, right? Mm -hmm. For lack of a better word. And to see it as an adult, seeing that these people are they're just they are literally the definition of failures. Mm -hmm. And to come to terms with that, I think is part of what drives this movie. It's like you have to come to terms with the fact that the Jedi are not very good at what they do. Yeah. Um, the Sith on the other hand, are actually very good at what they do because they seem to succeed on a lot of fronts. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the fact that they run a sort of totalitarian government and move forward in the shadows and in, you know, like the public eye, it's like, you know, they've, they've done a lot to get to where they are and they seem to be succeeding. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's difficult to come to terms with that evil is succeeding while good kind of fails upwards.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's part, part of that is because of the tenets of what makes a Jedi a Jedi and a Sith a Sith. It's easier to be Sith than it is to be Jedi. Exactly. Because yep. you don't have to suppress your emotions to be and I think that's why the Sith can be more su- successful. They don't need to worry about suppressing anger or joy or lust or whatever, whereas a Jedi is supposed to supposed to be completely free of feeling. They're supposed to be able to wipe that clean just become one with the Force. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the Sith have been more successful in that sort of situation.
0: Mm, this movie more than any other Star Wars movie, I think really built things in shades of gray mm-hmm. where in the past it's always been there's the light side and there's the dark side. Right. Boom boom binary system, but now we have like even DJ on that ship showing the the uh was it the war profiteers mm-hmm. um the ships that they were making. Yeah. He shows the holograms of the TIE fighter and all the Imperial ships. And then all of a sudden, oh, look, there's an X-Wing. Right. So this guy is not good. He's not evil. He's just a businessman taking an opportunity. Exactly. And there's a lot of that graying here as well with both the Jedi and the Sith. We see it a lot in Kylo and his conflict. So it's it's another theme that kind of goes throughout the whole movie. I
2: don't think anybody identifies as like one or the other anymore. Everybody's no. just kind of somewhere within the spectrum. And it's really hard to say that you're either or, you know.
0: So. I, I mean, like- we saw Yoda use force lightning. That's a dark side power. Yeah. But I mean, he's—I mean, he's—he's
2: he's one with the force, so he's yeah. kind of like certified good now, right? <laughs> like he's made it. Yoda to heaven. could never
1: be evil. Well, yeah. And while you brought him up, he was—he was one of my things I thought worked. I did um, too. When when I saw, first of all, I—you heard the laugh, and I was, oh, all right, we're gonna get a Yoda scene. Yep. And when they cut to him, it was not CGI Yoda; it was puppet Yoda mm-hmm. performed by Frank Oz. Yes. Instant. F- Instant feels. And it wasn't sobbing, but instant feels. And I was like, oh, I actually, I think the first time I saw it was like, awesome. I think I said it out loud. Awesome. Yeah. And when he says the, you know, Master Skywalker, boy, have I, you know, how I've missed you. And it was instantly you went back to that first relationship with, he was, even though he's the wise and force ghost, there was that mischievous piece of Yoda back, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. And I really, I love that scene
0: so much. There were so many reasons to do Yoda. I know even just practically it makes sense to have Yoda be that have that be Yoda instead of Anakin or instead of Obi-Wan or Qui-Gon or Qui-Gon. Of, yeah, exactly. I mean, Qui-Gon never met Luke, so right, you wouldn't exactly. want that. But uh I mean, not only just because, oh, you can just do the puppet and it doesn't matter. Like it didn't change. <laughs> the puppet didn't change over time. Um, But the other reason that that makes sense is because Luke is still a student mm-hmm. and Yoda was his teacher. Uh, yes, Obi-Wan a little bit, but Yoda really was right. Luke's teacher and Luke's mentor. So having him coming back into that teacher role and that mentor role was the most meaningful choice to make, aside from just the fact that it practically makes more sense.
2: I think it would have been funny to have Qui-Gon come in. <laughs> well, there
0: okay. had, hey.
1: well, there had <laughs> been some at one point there had been some discussion that maybe they would have done some. And I but, it you know, whatever. <laughs> it was
2: like if he showed up and he was just like,
1: "Oh, hey, who, who are you?"
2: Yeah, well, right. just sort of the, because exposition. you're commuting
1: with the Force, so you're being able to access all these wizened Force people who are one now one with the Force. So
2: mm-hmm. it's like you're, it's like you're on the phone waiting for a live person, and then you just <laughs> no, get some random dude, and you're like, "Hi, Qui Gon Uh I was actually looking to speak with Yoda. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Yoda is uh, actually on vacation. How can I um, help you? <laughs> I will be helping you today. What is your question?
0: <laughs> uh, getting back to um, Luke and Kylo, uh, one of the kind of controversial things about the movie, I don't know if it was controversial, but there are people that didn't care for it as much. Um, there's the whole scene where Luke projects himself
2: mm-hmm.
0: to uh, crate in order to fight with Kylo. And people, there was a lot of people like, well, why didn't he just go there? And then why did he like die?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and so I guess there's a couple, couple things we can address with that. Um, he had no way to get there for one. Mm-hmm. The only ship off that island was the Millennium Falcon. Uh, could he have lifted the X Wing that we saw in the water? I do think it was. A little unfair that they showed us the X-Wing and never, if you show an X-Wing in the water, you lift it out with a force. But
1: I think they did that, <laughs> they did that to put some doubt in your mind.
0: Yeah. yeah. As
1: to if that was really loose. True. Yeah. But I mean, how long has he been in self-proposed, uh, you know, exile? exile? Right. So that, that thing it, is
0: not working. It hasn't
1: been under the swamp of Dagobah, Dagobah for like a week or yeah. a day or yeah. whatever. It's been
0: underwater for years. Yeah. That thing not working. No. Plus, he doesn't have an astromech droid. Right. mean, you need those for navigation. True. If you want to get super geeky about it. Uh, also, The reason that he does that is that Luke, ultimately, is a pacifist. Luke does not like fighting. Mm -hmm. He's avoided it at every step he can throughout, like, everything. Plus, the Jedi, the reputation of Jedi, they're kind of tricksters. Mm -hmm. So for him to do that and to, like, project himself and literally just, like, mess with Ben was so on point.
1: I thought it was so good. I love that scene.
0: It's so good. It, everything about that scene was great except for when Luke died. Yeah. That was, that was the one thing I was kind of like, Oh, come on. We just lost Han in the last movie. Like, don't kill another one. I love that. I love that. I'll see you around, kid. Yeah.
1: That was great. I love that.
0: I do, uh, wonder if they second guessed that. Um, now that we don't have Carrie Fisher with us anymore, Leia was supposed to be a massive part of episode yeah. nine. And I don't know if they, we're like, well, maybe we shouldn't have killed Luke because he could have kind of filled that role. I mean, he still can; he can still do the whole Force Ghost thing, and I guarantee you, he will to to mess with Ben. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm hoping. I'm but
0: hoping. I uh, I don't know. I kind of wish that they didn't kill him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, it. I I think the logic behind it was he used so much, you know, energy in in projecting himself across the galaxy mm-hmm. to do that. You know, he he finally just became. I mean, yeah, I get the
0: explanation, but right. like, don't kill Luke yet. Yeah. I mean, we got just like a brief. I'm glad we got the moment with him and Leia at least. Yeah. But I don't know. It just didn't. It just didn't seem like the right time.
1: And it may be where our discussion goes in a bit, but it really this felt like this should have been the third chapter.
0: It kind of did. You know, yeah.
1: especially with when you do a little non sequitur with the kid, the force sensitive kid at the mm-hmm. end. Oh wait, he's got the force. that He's look- so it was like that little twinge of hope at the end. Yeah. But that felt like where you go with, all right, we're going to end the trilogy here. Right.
0: It makes me feel like they're going to have to time jump or something in the third movie so that that kid is like older or something now or I it, mean, I don't think they will. It was but- what
1: Colin Trev- Trevorrow was the one who did this one, right? Isn't he the one who This one
0: was Ryan Johnson. Oh, Ryan Johnson, that's yep. right.
1: You uh, know, Colin Trevorrow was going to do the third one and yes. he had it almost felt like Ryan Johnson threw a middle finger at J.J. Abrams, like hey,
0: follow this. There was a lot of dismantling, um, and that's in in some of my stuff that didn't necessarily work with this. There's a lot of Ryan Johnson taking what J.J. did and just throwing it out mm-hmm. right away, like oh, you like that helmet that Kylo had? Yeah, let's smash that. Yeah, like oh, oh, you want to know about Snoke's origin? No, you're yeah. not gonna get raised parents. Yep, they're nobody. By the way, oh, you want to hand that lightsaber? Yeah, he's gonna toss that over his shoulder, like he was literally throwing things away that jj had built up mm-hmm. and there were some of those things that didn't like luke throwing the lightsaber like that i was like what like that was that didn't sit well with me but um right. i'm getting ahead of myself a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know were you guys okay with that like the kind of dismantling that was going on
2: i mean i i was a strong believer in in having a new direction for the movie Mm -hmm. i didn't want it to be a rehashing of
0: empire same same right
2: i didn't want this trilogy to just follow the model of the last one Mm -hmm. so the idea of like throwing things away killing characters off like it's just a cleaning house
0: yeah you know and so it just feels like they didn't communicate that beforehand like it felt it felt not prepared yeah Mm. and i I
2: think with the the history that this movie had that this movie franchise has i think there is a certain degree of preparation that is owed i think to the fan base Mm -hmm. you know where you say like listen this is not what we have done in the past we're moving in a different direction but at the same time how do you communicate that to your audience without kind of just saying like straight out like this is not going to be like the movies that you saw which is why
0: i think a lot of people were pissed at this movie
2: yeah but i'm perfectly fine with it like i Like, I'm okay with them killing off
0: characters
2: and, like, moving in a different direction Mm -hmm. because I want to see a different sort of movie. There were actually Mm
0: -hmm. some characters I wanted to see die that didn't die. Well,
1: you know, and (laughs) we've seen so far that, um, like, Kathleen Kennedy is running in her role. If things aren't fitting the tone, they're not fitting the general direction of the franchise, they're axing people. Mm -hmm. So they've got to – I mean, it had to at least – they they were – approved. they had the stamp of approval of everything that was going on in this. At least with the studio and, and you know, Disney, who now owns Star Wars and that whole property. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm OK
2: with it. I have no problems with it.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only other things that I had on my list of things that kind of um, thought really worked is kind of a list of great moments within the movie that I just thought were kind of outstanding. Uh, one was Luke reuniting with R2. On the oh, that Falcon. Was, awesome. that, was, that was one of the highlights. Yes. Uh, when Luke's like Nothing. Nothing you do can make me change my mind. And he drops the Leia video. I was like, Oh, <laughs> R2. Like, not, not just from the nostalgia, but like it's so fitting to use it there. Yes. And the fact that he still has it. Yeah. Oh, it fits with his personality. Too, it so it? does. Cause R2
2: has always been kind of like a snarky, sort of sarcastic character. But yep. like, yeah. Yeah. Well. Take a look at this. Yeah. Remember this. Yeah.
0: Remember this. Remember how you felt back then. Yeah. This is my guilt trip protocol. Yep, totally. <laughs> you know, and for that being the thing to really kind of change his mind, that yeah. that was phenomenal.
2: Yeah, and I thought his reaction to it was great too, because that's how you would react if somebody tried to like guilt trip you yeah. into like mm-hmm. he's like low blow, like, man. Yeah, it's like <laughs> come on, dude.
0: That was great. We talked about uh, Luke reuniting with Yoda a little bit. I thought that was absolutely stellar. Another. Like, just big, I mean, one of the things this movie did really well was giving us, I wouldn't even call it fan service. I would call it using the universe well. Yes. And bringing back the past. As much as they're saying, like, let's burn down the past. Yeah. They brought it up and used it very well in a lot of parts of this movie. It
2: fit with that scene, Mm because they were trying to, like, with the tree and the books and everything, like, it made sense for Yoda to show up and for it to burn down, rather than just having it burned down.
0: Absolutely. Uh, One of the highlights was Snoke's death the yeah. way that they killed snoke i thought was tremendous that was great
1: that whole build up and everything was great
0: uh one of the biggest pops so there were there obviously there's some big like Rah! big pops in the theater as you're watching a movie mm-hmm. especially like this like i saw originally on the opening weekend and people like outright cheered for several parts when that saber cuts through snoke and goes into Ray's hand and you get that glimmer of hope that kylo turned and they go back to back and start Fighting everyone, you're like, Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. As much as I'm happy with what they ended up doing with Kylo, and that was all a tease, and they friggin' worked us like so hard. We're like, oh, he's good. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and her her reaction like, Don't, don't do this. Like we had the same one. We're like, no, we want him on our side. <laughs> and they they played that so well. I didn't. I was the opposite. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing?
2: Stop fighting with her, start fighting against her. Like, I mean, I get why the are they the Praetorian Guard? The I was Red just those Guard? things were awesome. I mean, those guys are they, pretty were great. Awesome. they were so cool, but like, you know, having no like realizing that you know they serve Snoke and that Kylo just killed Snoke, so now they have to fight Kylo mm-hmm. that made a lot of sense. But, you know, like, you, I wanted to see something where they were, like, fighting. Like, where he kind of turns against Ray halfway through the fight or something, you mm. know? Like, making it doubly difficult for her to get out of this and really causing, like, a moment of, like, tension where, like, you're not sure if she's going to make it out of this alive. Yeah. Like, I mean, because at his core, like, Kylo, as much conflict as there is, I think he's going down a path of evil, you know? He's mm-hmm. not meant to be like a redeemed character in any way. Like he has like this conflict and you see glimmers of maybe possible redemption, but I don't like, I wouldn't want to see that happen for him. Mm-hmm. Like I would want to see his character just completely change over and maybe preserve some of that conflict. Cause it does serve the character a mm-hmm. little bit, but you know, just to continue doing evil things. That's your role. Like,
0: oh yeah. If he was a hundred percent evil, he's not interesting anymore. Yeah, I want
2: you to have some conflict and I want you to like, you know, be just i want you to have things be difficult for you but i also want you to do the things that you expect an evil person to do Mm -hmm. like kill your boss Mm -hmm. and take (laughs) over his empire (laughs) yeah and you know say crazy shit you know like that to me is what the character is about so i mean i was like, I when you know, like when he gets cut in half and then Ray grabs the lightsaber, that's an awesome moment because it's just fucking epic. Because, yeah. like, the saber comes over and it maintains like a straight course yeah. right to her hand, you know? It's so cool, it's amazing, right? But then, like, you want like Kylo and Ray to fight, like you don't want
1: them to be like fighting. See, I these, liked it. I, these, I liked that back to back fighting. I thought that was cool.
2: Like, I know it was a good fight scene and as well choreographed, but I wanted to see something. I
0: didn't want it to be
2: like, oh, don't do this and be like. See, no, I no. always,
0: I always cheer for redemption. I do like regardless, unless the com- person's like the worst character ever. Like Kylo feels redeemable to me still. I don't know if by the end of the movie he feels as redeemable, mm-hmm. but at that point, mm. I thought he did. Mm. So if they had turned him there, I thought it was okay. But I don't know now. Um yeah. the, the only thing that I think that could have made that scene better not to be a rewriter, uh, and Matt, you'll understand this with ring psychology, is they needed to build up just a little more sympathy for Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh they started doing like the torture thing where he was holding her out and like getting the information out of her and showing her the ships blowing up. But Snoke should have like tortured her just a bit more I feel like they didn't and this call me a sexist if you want I feel like they didn't because it was a female character right and that's something you generally don't do right but I think it would have been more powerful for her to turn around after the fact and get her saber back and that moment would have been even heightened if she had taken a little more gotten a little more uh sympathy from the audience beforehand
2: right yeah yeah I wanted to kind of, I I don't know. I just like something about like the character of Ray. I don't know. Like I, it's just the idea of knowing that she will succeed in the end Mm -hmm. or that she will probably succeed in the end is just, it's a detriment to her character. I want there to be some trepidation about whether or not she's going to make it out of this, you Mm -hmm. know, because it can't be like that. It can't be a girl who is brand new or a character Who's brand new to this sort of universe to just all of a sudden start just like an upward progression? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it it has to be deserved. Yeah. You have to like go through some serious shit before you start succeeding in this universe. And we've seen it with happen with Kylo. Like he's had such a story arc over the course of you know his life as a force user. Mm -hmm. You know, and then to have Ray just kind of be like, oh well, huh seems like I, I'm in tune with this thing called the Force, too. Oh, let me just oh, look at this lightsaber. It just happens to be uh, like there's yeah. too much like happenstance for it to be like good for the character.
0: Which actually brings up the question, too. Did Ray continue to be a Mary Sue in this movie? What
2: was the Mary Sue thing?
0: Uh, the Mary Sue thing is that basically a Mary Sue is a uh, stand in. And yes, there is a male version of it, too. So this is the female version. A Mary Sue is a character that is a stand-in for the audience, more or less, to kind of provide wish fulfillment. So, like, basically, they're good at everything. Um, Every, like, the characters around her kind of give her praise Mm -hmm. as if we'd want them to give us praise. Uh, So, like, the fact that in the first movie she was an amazing pilot and Han was like, Oh, my God, you're so good at that. And you can fix the Falcon and all this. Like, she's good at everything. Yeah. We never really felt like she was going to fail or mess up or like I think the worst in the Force Awakens is that she gets captured by Kylo but she easily overpowers him with force later and then just moves on. Yeah. So does that is that happening here again? Like there's no there's no big fall for Rey here. Yeah. Aside from again getting captured by Kylo and then they overpower Snoke and like
2: Yeah. Like there's not she doesn't have like a like I, I don't know if you'd call it a hero's journey but she doesn't have like, right that that, tri- that she doesn't have the trials and tribulations of somebody who like you know who i don't want to say deserves because that's not the right word but you know somebody who has gone through enough for to to warrant that success yeah
0: like, she's either she's either at one point or she's going up
2: which ironically is the complete opposite of Luke, who has just failed upwards.
0: Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. That's like, exactly what we were saying before. Like Luke is interesting because he keeps failing and yeah. going upwards, but.
2: And it just, it doesn't make any sense. But for Ray, it's just like, oh, well, she's just going through the steps and, oh, look, she succeeded again. And yep. so it's less interesting and kind of goes back to the point of this being Kylo's story.
0: Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and then lastly, maybe, uh, at least as far as great moments go for me. One of the most visually stunning uh, like moments I've seen in a Star Wars movie at all is that hyperspeed jump oh, yeah. that awesome. through Snoke's ship.
1: In silence. Yeah.
0: Unbelievable.
2: Yeah. It's something that everybody's thought about at some point. Like, what if or why can't you do that? Like, like why you can't jump to hyperspace when there's a planet in the way. Right. Like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's all got to be calculated. <laughs> yeah. Like it makes sense that if there's something in your way, despite the fact that you are traveling at some ungodly speed, you will cause some sort of accident. Yep. Yeah. And it was visually stunning too. Yeah. Like it was just like it's exactly what you would think, or it's it the expectation matches the visual reality.
0: Yeah. It was beautiful and like so powerfully done.
2: And I like that I, the idea that that um, Laura Dern's character was sort of an asshole the whole time. Yeah. But like rightfully so. Yep. You know, because she knew that this is likely the result that she would have to pursue. yeah. So she's just kind of like, listen, kid, sit back and, go jerk off on your x-wing like (laughs) let me take control because at the end of the day i'm gonna be like i'm gonna be the one that has to do this not Mm -hmm. you
1: you and i I liked her little her little comment to leia too about where leia goes i like that one and she or she says i like that one and leia says me too yeah like so you've seen that hondo is like this asshole and then like just you know she turns that little bit of oh okay so she's being a hard ass in her military role but she's not an asshole right yeah you right. know and she's super heroic actually and it really i think that if she hadn't had that one little back and forth with leia you would still thought what she did was heroic mm-hmm. but she still wouldn't have been as likable that I little bit, i agree i'm only acting my role i actually think this guy's a good guy yep yeah but i have to be a commanding officer
0: totally uh, one
1: one thing I heard about, and this is tied into things that work, don't work. Yeah, yeah. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Of course. Losing Carrie Fisher wouldn't have been better if she was the
0: pilot. Could have been. The only yeah. thing is we would have not had have had that moment with Luke at the end. Right. Which is what I was waiting right. for, yeah. for sure. Um, But yeah, that would have been amazing also.
1: Because Leia absolutely would have done
0: that. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100% uh then let's talk about what didn't work unless you guys have anything else that you want to talk about on the did work side
2: i mean for me like i i noticed that i lowered my expectations for this movie mm-hmm. it was just because i like i there's no way that the star wars movies are going to live up to the expectations of fandom mm-hmm. and so i was just like listen is this a movie with laser swords and like the people that i know from previous movies Yes. And then the flow chart just goes through this is an acceptable movie to me. Okay. And so that was me going into it. Coming out of it, I felt, you know, like satisfied with, with the way that they were going. It took me a little bit more time to really fully appreciate like mm. how the story had flushed out. Like, so it was a slow sort of realization for me. It wasn't like right away. Sure. And so, like, my appreciation with it from the movie I think has gone. Like, if you wanted to put it on a number scale, it went from like a six out of ten to maybe like a seven or eight okay you know like it wasn't it like it started off oh this is fine yep but then you know it moved on to oh i see why they did that Mm -hmm. you know i mean is it the the you know the blowout that i wanted it to be no but i mean at this point my fandom of Star Wars is so like close to my heart. And mm-hmm. It's like you don't want anything to break it, so right. you you shield it. with yes, like lower expectations. That. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: but so, it, it's completely undeserving of the ire that it has received. I agree with that too. Completely undeserving. Yeah, I think
2: too many people have shit on it just because they it's the cool thing they like, do. Yeah, they feel like they
1: deserve
2: a greater quality product or whatever reason their reasons are. They feel like they deserve it, and so I mean, I feel like as a consumer, you just have to take with, take what you get and sort of develop an expectation based on what you get, mm-hmm. not like go into something with like, I have great expectations for this movie. If it does not fulfill it, I will be unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a
1: shitty way to live. Like, it in
2: general, is. You know? It is. But right.
1: yeah. Okay. So I had one thing. Yes. And I know everybody who's, who've seen it is going to one thing that, was really just took me out of the movie other than that i can pretty much even parts that might have been slow in the film and that is leia's force flight
0: i was gonna ask you guys about that what did you think about that was the one i was like it's not on my list of things that worked it's not on my list of things that didn't work for me it's on my list of things that just happened
1: i was i was i wanted leia leia if you read the the legendaries and the she was force sensitive later on and you even picked that up Mm -hmm. in the end of the original trilogy you know, where she knows that Luke's her brother. But for that to be the way that it's revealed, it was just like, it just looked bad. It was the one, like, special effect to me that looked cheesy. It was the one thing that it almost felt like a sore thumb in the, you could have done it other ways. And that, to me, just was the one thing that was like, Ugh.
0: Yeah, so I, 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 like, I have no issue with the action that was happening. Uh, that story thing. Like, I have no problem with her being in space, the force activating, her finding a way back into the ship as a result of, like, force protection, or whatever it was. But I agree. That effect was terrible, and it looked awful. It was more so and the presentation, even though It was the, the presentation that was the problem for me. I, I have no problem with, like, hey, here's a new force power, because we've been getting those for a while now. Mm-hmm. So that's not my issue. My issue is it just looked bad.
2: Yeah, I thought it was kind of corny. Like, I just... I come from a different place just because, like, it was very Dragon Ball-esque to me. (laughs) It was like, oh, look, this person is dead. Just kidding. Right. New power level. Like, it's just, (laughs) like, really, like, I mean, we've not, we haven't seen anybody do that before. We've seen Jedis get blown up in space. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, these are people that have been trained in the Force and are certified as, you know, either, like, Padawans or Masters that have been blown up in space. And you're telling me that this person who admittedly is, you know, very strong with the force has never actually been trained with the force mm-hmm. can somehow suddenly summon this power to like transverse, you know, like what what was it? Like maybe like a hundred feet of open space yeah, yeah. and like somehow preserve her life in a way that other Jedi have not done before. Like, no. That's well, like, I mean,
0: the force awakens set up that apparently you can do anything without being trained. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a consistency hey. issue for me. So yeah. It's
2: like. I mean, for me, it was corny and it was like kind of, eh. I mean, it wasn't something that like for like, likewise for me, it was something that just happened mm-hmm. and I accepted as, you know, albeit you know, it was corny for me to see. Yeah. But, I mean,
0: yeah. yeah, it wasn't like, hey, that was cool. Or like, hey, uh, uh, no, it was just like, oh, yeah, OK. It was like, oh, OK, I guess this is a thing that we're dealing with. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, for stuff that didn't work, we already talked a little bit about, uh, the dismantling of the things that JJ had set up. Uh, one of the things that didn't work for me, even though it was consistent with his character, is for, uh, Poe's sense of humor. It is fine, uh, because it, like, they did the, the kind of bit with Hux at the beginning where he's like, oh, holding for General Hux, mm-hmm. holding for Hux. And like, he did stuff like that in the first movie too, so they're being consistent with the character. I just don't think it's Star Wars humor. It just feels out of place in the movie.
2: Mm -hmm. I mean, I had no problem with it. I mean, it wasn't like it was just weird that, you know, it I don't know. Like, I I, I honestly didn't have a problem with it because I thought of the characters that had a humorous like angle to whatever they were doing. Like, Poe is probably going to be the one that, you know, it fits with the best. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just that like uh, that (sighs) act. His name the actor isaac oscar isaac Isaacs yeah. as a actor mm-hmm. we have not seen in a comedic role right so you know maybe i don't know
0: i mean he's good at it don't yeah. get me wrong he's he's great his delivery is awesome mm-hmm. i like the character of poe i just don't think that that the sense of humor he has is very uh, detaching from mm-hmm. the story like it pulls me out of things i'm like oh that's that's so weird all right that, doesn't feel very Star Wars to me.
2: Yeah. Like it's the, and especially in the time that it is happening, it feels like it's very, I don't know, out of place. You know, there's a, a
0: little fourth wall breaking.
2: They're in the middle of a big operation. Yeah. And there's a lot on the line. Yeah. And I know like it, it makes sense for him to like joke with like R2 about that stuff. Sure. Yeah. You know, but maybe not with the leader of the opposition. Like maybe. I can
0: see Hux just being like, okay, blow it up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just blow that ship up. Yeah. He's taking. He's making fun of me, clearly.
2: Yeah, just don't... Like, hang up, if that's a thing that can happen. Hang up yeah. and just blow that ship out of the sky.
0: Also, what, what I, I might have missed it. What was he doing at the beginning that he was waiting for something to charge that he had to make that call? Like, was there it, was a meter that, like, powered up. the The engine on the back of the ship. Is that what it was? I think so, like... Right. Like, was he it? was already airborne stuff like no, i don't
2: i think that engine gives him ex- like like extra speed it's like the nos button in fast enough Heroes, oh, you know all
0: right i think i don't know like i was like i know he's stalling for something to power it up but uh yeah i think he was powering up that
2: sort of nos button for his x-wing and then once it was powered up he was able to fly fast enough yep. to like get through the laser array or whatever and then do what he needed to
0: do yeah but, yeah uh, let's see, what else? Oh, and then, okay, so I guess the reason that I, I had brought that up, I had this in my notes too, is that that part of, like, holding, holding, is immediately followed by Leia's joke to 3PO, where she's like, wipe that nervous look off your face. Which was a very funny joke, and a mm-hmm. very Star Wars joke. Mm-hmm. And that just fit so much better. So it was right. Like, so the other one, like, stood out a little more, because they were, like, right next to each other. Yeah. I was like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't seem Right. Um, Another thing that didn't work for me was Holdo's and Poe's communication skills. Uh, I understand her prejudice towards Poe and like, oh, uh, like you're a fly boy and I've dealt with people like you before. The first time, fine. The second time she comes to him where he's like borderline mutiny, fucking tell him. Like, what does it hurt to tell him? Yeah. At that point, he's that upset about it. He's flipping chairs and stuff like just tell him the plan.
2: Right. What's
0: the harm? Yeah. That, but likewise, though, then he kept her in the dark. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean,
2: I feel like you know Poe could be a character that would disobey the order to be the sacrificial lamb in mm-hmm. this case. Like he could have, you know, engineered a way to be the one that ends up flying the ship sure. into the the whatever they call it, the dreadnought or the gaunt or whatever the thing is. Yeah i'm real good with names guys <laughs> um so i mean i feel like he like his that is part of his character that he would be the one to be the sacrifice and not holdo like he might see value in her leadership if she said something but i mean you know i guess it's kind of yeah i don't know the whole interaction between poe and holdo and then having there not be more severe consequences for like going up against her, especially in this sort of militaristic environment Mm -hmm. is, was a little inconsistent. Like, why don't you, what are you doing? Like he goes in jail. He goes in space jail forever. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like until you're done with whatever you're doing and then you ship him off. Like you don't just be like, Oh, that's a nice little boy. And then like, (laughs) let him carry out his own subplot.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It was a little, little weird. Um, the biggest problem for me, aside from just like the pacing of the movie, it was needlessly long. Uh, and a result of that was probably my biggest complaint, which is Finn and Rose's entire storyline. Like their like, relationship. And, or, the, not just their relationship, like the entire mission they go on is boring about. as hell. And mm-hmm. it would
1: end up being useless because it didn't, they didn't succeed.
0: Yeah. If you pull all that stuff out of the movie, the only thing we lose is the end shot with the kid meaning something. Mm hmm. Mm. we could have done that probably in other ways, but the, the Canto bite stuff was dull as dirt.
1: I think Mark Bernardin said, um, when he was talking about it, uh, you could have thrown some little Easter eggs in there that would have at least made it feel less draggy. Mm-hmm. I guess at one point they were going to tie that in maybe with Lando Calrissian. Mm. Uh, but then I guess when they went with Billy D Williams, he just didn't fall into the carrot. Like he didn't have that debonair to him. Uh, but even if you had, like, had, like, a, a giant poster that scanned, you know, Lando Calrissian welcomes you to Kando, at least you would have been like, oh, it's you know what I mean? And I know that some yeah. people, oh, that's the whole, everybody's tied to everybody and everything. But at least that would have given you a little more feel for that place, especially if you could have put him in there. Mm-hmm. But.
0: I well, like the idea that they were like, "Oh, it's the worst place you can," or "There's the worst people you can possibly imagine." It's a bunch of like rich people. Yeah, I yeah. like that idea. There's there's some things I like about it, but you don't lose anything by taking out of it. Like by taking it out, then there of course there's like the whole also the like Rose kissing fin thing that they didn't earn at mm. all, and it came out of nowhere.
2: Well, I don't I don't agree a hundred percent with like the Canto bites sort of storyline meaning nothing because in that you get benicio del toro's character
0: you do and but then you get the ultimately reala- but then you get the
2: realization later of you know there is no real good versus evil this yeah. is really just a business for me and then you see sort of like the shades of gray on both sides of i mean it's a very limited window where you receive this realization mm-hmm. and it doesn't have a huge impact for but for me it's kind of like A seasoning to the rest of the dish. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's, like it gives some context as to like how this all came about and how it is continuing to move forward. Like it's not just like Jedi versus
1: Sith. It's really it's more about like money and yeah, like yeah, yeah. So do we know for sure that Benicio del Toro is not back for the third film?
0: We do not know for sure because
1: that I think would be that would make the Canto Bite subplot at least in retrospective worthwhile if he comes back now Mm -hmm. because he has stabbed them in the back and he did sell them out. If you bring him back in the next film, then at least that whole subplot is because right now, I mean, we get the slicer. He fails. We don't succeed in our mission Mm -hmm. and he sells them out and leaves. But if you bring him back and have a return with them, then I think, all right, now that now there's a reason why all that happened. There's a payoff later on.
0: Maybe, but that that brings up the same issue I had with the Force Awakens where like we were want, we were saying, oh well, Ray's stuff will be fine if they explain it. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to wait. This is one movie. I'm watching one movie right now. Deal with this one movie. It has to everything has to work here. Right, but elsewhere. it is, but it
1: is a movie that they've said is going to be part of a trilogy. It is. So there's some expectation that there are going to be some, and a lot of the threads for between this and the next one have been cut. So
0: where yeah. is it going to go? And then the, there's another thing that uh, they tossed away for JJ too is the Phasma. Like, right? Maybe she's dead, but they oh Phasma, Phasma was supposed to be a huge she's part of a great movie. role in this one that she yeah.
1: didn't. I was like, what? One of the like heading into the Force Awakens, one of those characters when they flashed in a trailer and then they found out who it was playing Phasma. Mm-hmm. Everybody was psyched about, oh, this is going to be a cool character. Nothing in the first one. No. Nope. And then the second one, Sacrificial Lamb.
0: Yep. One. Phasma yeah. is a big nothing in the Star Wars universe. I was not
1: uh, happy about that. Like Boba Fett part two. I mean, yeah. we all look at Boba Fett like the cool. But in essence, what did Boba Fett do in the movies? He had a cool costume. He had a cool yeah. costume. Same thing with Same Phasma. Thing.
0: Yeah. She is the Boba Fett and will probably be loved by a group of people. Because of that cool costume. She's got the silver stormtrooper armor. Yeah. She's cooler. She'll be a cool cosplay. But as kids, sometimes that's all you need. Honestly. Um, what did you guys think of the Finn and Rose kiss? I thought it was
1: I don't know. I like, knew it was
0: coming. Did like, you?
1: I had a feeling.
0: Wow. I did not.
2: It felt like they had to like there was like a sheet of things that they needed to put into the movie. <laughs> and one thing way at the bottom was a like a romantic scene.
0: I guess Finn. And, just, Finn looked as confused as we felt. Yeah, he's like, uh, what? He's like, yeah, what?
1: <laughs> well, the thing is, is that she's in hero worship of him, yeah. even though she, even though she realized he was going to flee, and they have that whole from the get go to her. She even says, you know, you're a hero. You're. She's like wide eyed, starry like fangirling about him. So I, I, I don't know. I, it didn't surprise me at all that she kissed him.
0: Mm. And I don't even think they should have gotten to that point because I wanted Finn to die there. Going mm. towards the Death Star cannon or the
1: right battering ram, battering
0: ram cannon. Yeah, right. I I thought that would have been an, an incredibly meaningful death for him.
1: Him instead of Luke, yes. have him die there. That would have been your big death scene. Yep, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, we would have lost the cool thing with Luke and Kylo, or maybe we would have not. Maybe mm-hmm. he still would have stalled, uh, so they could escape because they were already were they already on their way out by the time. No, they had no. not found. Oh, out. Okay,
2: they. After he crashed, they or they were able to figure out that there was like a, t- a way out.
0: Gotcha. But well, I mean, maybe Finn could have failed. Yeah, maybe he could have given himself up in an attempt. I feel and like they, they still blasted through the wall. I feel like
2: the equal amount of people would be mad if Finn died because Probably. Then it was like, you know, you went through all of this to bring him back, and with the back to suit and everything, like. You know, if if he didn't die in that supreme sacrifice from the first movie, like, why is he dying in this one? Yeah. There would be people on both sides of it being like, this sucks, I don't understand why this happened. So, I mean, either way. I mean, I, I'm fine with Finn being in the movie. I, I just would hope that they would give him a more meaningful role than just...
0: He doesn't have much of an arc. He's just kind of a bumbler.
2: He's like a rebel errand boy. Yeah. Who, I mean, like, his worth of being like an intelligence source for the 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 uh the first order has kind of dissipated because yes he's, just, he's been away from it long enough yep. so that he doesn't know what's going on but like and so now he's like forced to be de- forced to develop into like this new character and i mean he's effectively just kind of become an errand boy that's not very good at his job um i want to see that character do something heroic I yeah i mean not like self sacrificial heroic, but do something and succeed in being heroic because he's failed enough, I think. Yeah. For me. So I mean, I hope it happens.
0: Uh what else do I have? I have oh yeah, the dark side cave. Mm. Where Ray goes into the cave and sees I get what they're trying to convey. I don't think mm. they did a great job with it. No. What
2: did you think they were trying to convey?
0: That Ray was alone in this. Like uh, when she was asking, where are my parents? It shows her a reflection of herself mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, So I don't know. I, and, and that's another reason I think they kind of have to maintain it. That scene means they can't really go back on. Oh, I mean, I guess they could, but it would make not as much sense if they were like, oh, guess who your parents are? Really? Like that scene solidifies it like it shouldn't matter. It's about you, not about who your parents are. So focus on that. But the cave scene was just really, it felt disjointed. Um, It didn't do a nice job conveying the message that it wanted to. But. I mean, it's
2: kind of funny that, you know, as a Jedi, you would discard that and you would not care or that you would not allow that to weigh you down mm-hmm. in pursuing the light side. And the dark side almost kind of does the same thing mm-hmm. where it's like. It doesn't matter who your parents are. You are on your own, which is effectively the same message. Right, right. So it's, like, it's just the tone you're saying yeah, it with.
0: You're just doing
2: it in a dark cave versus on a cliff overlooking the sea. Yeah. Like, it's just scenery, really. Is that, If that's the difference between the light and the dark side, then I give up.
0: But yep.
1: One other little scene that took me out briefly. It was just kind of a, really, as we're going with it. Is the scene where Luke milks the uh, the animal, whatever that thing is? Oh yeah, and then drinks the blue milk from it and yep. like does the wipe of the mu- the the whole thing with grabbing the the long spear and catching the fish. Mm-hmm. That didn't bother me. I thought that was pretty cool. But that one scene with the I don't know. It just you have this big animal with a bunch of nipples, and he's here. He is milking it and taking a big old sip, looking at Ray, wiping the foam off his face. Mm. Some of that it was just it was a little awkward. It got it a was weird, a of, it I got think it of was... a weird, uncomfortable laugh yeah. in the theater when I saw it, and it was just sort of—I didn't hate it, but it just—I saw it three times in the theater, and by the third time, it was just like one of those, oh yeah, this scene.
0: I mean, it's it's just more gross than anything, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's a tieback or a throwback to the so blue bad. milk. Yeah, really, right. That's kind of its whole purpose. Um, on the flip side of moments that I really liked, there are a few moments I really didn't like. Uh, Fasman's death we already talked about rose kissing finn again i don't think they earned it um also uh with all the pilots in the rebellion why was rose in one of those speeders anyway she's not a pilot yeah she was just kind of like hey i want to go too yeah but they had a whole bunch of other people in that did they have them.
1: by the time they've landed though you've had all those ships destroyed you're down to they've lost almost their entire fleet at this point yeah so you might not have that that was pretty much a troop transport or like a it wasn't that they had all those, oh, all no. those pilots. Then I
0: feel like they could have found someone better than her, I don't the, know. than like the
1: <laughs> the escape pod technician. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, it just felt to me. It felt I like, think
0: Leia would have been better off. Fly I Island. get what you're saying, but it, to,
1: <laughs> at that point, I think they were trying to just illustrate that they had had that that huge casualties. Like I don't even think they, they were trying
0: to illustrate anything. I think they just needed her out there to bump Bum- or, bump, bump in on the way. I think that was the entire reason, and that's not enough for me. But her mom, um,
1: her mom or her sister was a pilot, so yeah. you know they're trying to play that piece, I think too. Uh,
0: and then lastly, uh, this one really bugged me: Luke calling the lightsaber a laser sword. I know mm-hmm. that was George Lucas's original intent, uh-huh. but the term "laser sword" does not exist in their universe. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. That is what people who make fun of Star Wars call a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. and parodies and stuff don't embrace that
2: you know i just called it that earlier in the episode whatever
0: (laughs) (laughs) i well yeah i mean i don't don't call him like for luke to use that term pulled me out of the movie
1: but do you think he used i mean it's in that term of sarcasm i mean oh i'm gonna be there swinging a laser sword against the entire rebellion i've had an entire uh, first order do you think that that was
0: like, I, I like, understand it, but it just, I don't know, it just didn't sit well. It was just a little, ugh, don't do that. I don't know. I get it. No, it's like. And then, yeah,
1: the only term he would have known, well, initially, because the first thing is is Obi-Wan, that's your father's lightsaber. Yeah. You know, so that's what he would have, the first thing, I, yeah, so it, it would it's be. It's the a, same
0: thing of me, like, watching Batman Begins and them saying Raz al Ghul instead of Ra's al Ghul the whole movie. <laughs> like, it doesn't ruin the movie for me, but it's like, ugh. Right. Why? <laughs> right. like you know what it's called you know how it's pronounced stop it mm-hmm. if the cw
1: is um, getting it right why can't you get it right <laughs> uh
0: then i just have a list of unless there are any other things that bug you guys i have there a list is, of easter eggs and cameos
2: there is one thing that bugged yeah, me yeah. so um the thing that bugged me the most was kind of like the mind meld connection thing that they do between uh, Kylo and Ray. Oh yeah. Um, the thing that bugged me about that was just there's just one scene where they like it inadvertently happens like they're somehow connected. The shirtless then, scene. No, no. I, oh. is, is it the shirtless <laughs> scene? I don't know. I don't like know. there's this one scene where they're like, uh, where they are like they realize that they are in this mind meld and they're like, oh, I hate this. And it's like, yeah, I know, I can't help it. You know, it's like almost like two teenagers that are forced to call each other by their parents. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like. <laughs> It was just so awkward. <laughs> you call up Timmy and you apologize. Yeah,
2: you call him and you apologize for taking his lunch money, and it's like I don't want to, and then you just get like forced into this conversation. Yeah, like it was like I understand the I understood the the reason for that existing. I don't understand why it just happens. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it's something intentional that you need to like reach out to somebody that's like what they did the first time right Mm -hmm. like there had like snoke provided the bridge but they had to cross it themselves Mm -hmm. but for some reason at some point in the movie it's like oh now all of a sudden the bridge is a moving walkway we're all forced to move towards each other yeah like why why and and then the the conversation that they had to kind of start that one process was kind of just like, uh, like why? Like, I know that you guys are young, but you don't have to have this conversation. Like it, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and that kind of took me out of it, you know, like, hmm. that having that conversation. I thought those
0: were some of the most compelling scenes in the hmm. movie. Like I, like I other. like it from like
2: a character. Okay. perspective. I just don't like how it happened. Don't like the like, mechanic of it. Yeah. I don't sure. like that. It was a forced phone call and not like a intentional, like reaching out a hand. You mm-hmm. know? But, I mean, yeah, like I said in the beginning, like I, not at the beginning, but, you know, like I said about the movie, and to from the get-go, like, I lowered my expectations going into it, so I f- came out of it feeling fine. Sure. Um, And th- so there wasn't a ton of it that really got to me, so I'm generally okay with it, which All is right. not saying a
0: lot. I mean, you want to be able to say, like,
2: yeah, Star Wars. Right, Raza, right. You know, but,
0: yeah. So, uh, just like The Force Awakens, there were a bunch of people in the movie that you may or may not have noticed. Uh, Some are by voice only. Some are in suits and whatnot. Uh, Some of them were cut out of the movie, even though I'm not going to mention the ones that were cut out of the movie because they were cut out of the movie, which (laughs) means they're not in the movie and they don't need to be talked about. Uh, First one is that Mark Hamill also did motion capture as uh, the character Dabu Skay, the gremlin-like creature who mistakes BB-8 for a slot machine. Mm -hmm. That was Mark Hamill.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, that's
0: cool. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in every Ryan Johnson movie, including this one. He voices a character called Slow and Low, the guest at CantoBite who reported Finn and Rose for parking on the beach.
2: Oh, okay.
0: Nice. Uh Warwick Davis, who played Wicket the Ewok in Return of the Jedi, uh, and then a handful of other characters in the prequels, plays another guest at the CantoBite Casino. They didn't say exactly which one. It's listed. I didn't put all the details because it's not one you necessarily notice. Uh, Edgar Wright is barely visible in soft focus behind Poe Dameron in the hangar in Crate. Hmm. And lastly, Gareth Edwards, who directed Rogue One, is the soldier on Crate next to the one who licks the ground and calls it salty. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So a whole bunch of cameos there. There was another one that people thought was a cameo, myself included. James Corden is not in this movie.
2: Where where would he have been?
0: A lot of people thought he was one of the uh, rebellion pilots at the beginning that got blown up with like a quick shot on his head. Um, There's another actor uh, playing that role. I think his name was like Jamie Christopher or something. Looks remarkably like James Corden, and the internet thought so too. (laughs) So that is not James Corden, uh, despite popular opinion.
1: But years from now, they'll they'll remember that he was in it, just like Sinbad was in Shazam, right? (laughs) (laughs) i i I really uh, one thing on a production standpoint i really did appreciate i loved the when you got the uh the first titles came up it was the first time the star wars logo was in red Mm -hmm. and then for them to have the tie-in with the salt and that whole scene with it was very i thought very beautiful aesthetically with like the Mm -hmm. salt being red and i thought that was really cool some of those some of those things some of those choices
0: the visual production of this movie was astounding yeah it was I really really done, really, really done well
2: yeah i like that in the fight scene in the throne room was very like yes red yeah. red everything red like and it was easy to distinguish the main characters from their surroundings yep. because it was clear that everything else was red yeah and like yeah. to me it's like stunning because like red is like uh not a color that you ordinarily associate with like Good production
1: design
0: because mm-hmm. it just it just washes it everything to, else and out. it wants to
1: flare out. Yeah, yeah.
0: So like but to make a whole set like yeah. solid red was bold as hell, yeah, yeah. It really and it cool. worked.
1: It was great. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like that room is going to become iconic. Like the red room, people just will call mm-hmm. it that.
2: I feel like there's something else called the red room that we're ignoring. Red, rum, red, red room, room, red
0: room, red room. room. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to say before we wrap it up? Hmm.
1: So I mean, I. There are some people who have listed their, their preference of Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. You see typically the general idea is people are often like their favorite is Empire Strikes Back or they think that's one of the best. Mm-hmm. I don't put this one up. with I, I even I think the original three are my favorites. Same. Um, next for me is Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was brilliant, but I don't think that like when people I don't bag on the, the prequels like some people do. But I certainly thought that this was a very solid Star Wars movie. I didn't leave disappointed one bit. While there are parts that didn't work for me, um, I didn't feel like I lowered my expectations to see it. Mm -hmm. I was very much excited to see a Star Wars film and see another, you know, part of this story told. And there wasn't one bit of me that was like let down. There are parts that didn't work, Mm -hmm. but I certainly, I, in retrospect, I still feel like I like these stories better than I liked the presentation of the prequels. Mm, I liked that I there's less, that. C- less less CGI, more practical. Th- the things that worked for me worked huge. Yoda, R2 and Luke, the scene where the light speed through. I mean, those were some awesome, awesome scenes. Yep. So it really is the sum of a whole, like the sum of the parts for me was excellent. Okay, yeah. So definitely I would, you know, you said it was a seven or eight. I would, an eight, it's an easy eight for me. I wouldn't say a nine or a 10, but an easy eight
2: yeah i was satisfied with the fact that they're trying to make this a new thing i think that was part of the reason people were dissatisfied with it like it's hilarious to see the internet's reaction to it because before uh the last jedi comes out they're like oh like it's just going to be another rehash of uh of empire right right it's so dumb i don't want to watch the same movie again and then for them to make a newer movie you know like, yeah albeit with the same sort of subject matter. Like the internet is just like, Oh, this sucks. I don't like the direction that they're going. Like it's make up your mind guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, they're doing, trying to do something new. Just let them do it. So like for me that I credit, you know, the people at Disney and um, the people who are behind the writing, you know, that to create this newer universe that we're sort of in a way forced to deal with because we kind of are. And mm-hmm. that, that was an intentional pun force uh, uh. <laughs> but yeah, so like we're kinda being forced to deal with it, and that's great. And I think it's that's creating change that I think that we need to adopt yeah. going forward because otherwise you're just not gonna be satisfied with these movies.
0: I um I probably put it in the range of the the seven as well. Uh mainly because of what I said before, like that whole Finn and Rose storyline really slowed the movie down for me. Mm-hmm. Um the pacing is really there it's a little bit of a drag mm-hmm. getting through the movie. There were, se- when I was watching it for the first time, um, there were several points about the movie that felt like the end of Lord of the Rings, mm. where they had like seven endings, except they were like entire new set pieces right, they were going right. to. Like, there were, there were several times where I thought the movie was over and there was a whole other sequence. Like, I thought it was going to end before we even went to Crate. Mm. Or I thought it was going to end when Luke stepped out of the doors, like walks through the fire and we just see him from behind. Boom, ending point right there. And there's just so much more that happened after thought parts that I thought were clear stopping points. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for a middle movie. A middle movie generally mm-hmm. ends a little more abruptly without things wrapped up as much, mm-hmm. which I know I'm contradicting myself, uh, by saying that I want a full complete movie here and not necessarily just part of a trilogy, but Empire did that too a little bit. They they kind of wrap things up, but also cut off a little bit abruptly. So I was expecting that here. Uh, And it, it kept going. So the pacing really hurt the movie overall for me. It's not something because of that. I think it's a movie that I'll rewatch less yeah. than some of the others, which is unfortunate because I think there are a lot of strong things in the movie itself. There's actually one more thing that I was to say. Yes. With.
2: Um, the fact that this movie takes place over such a short time period.
0: Mm. Um,
2: I think they packed a lot into that and like, I know that, you know, different people were involved with different parts of the story. Like yep. Ray and Finn going to Cantobite and, like, the rest of the people being involved in this sort of space chase, you know, like, along the lines of sort of like a Mad Max kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I feel like a lot of it deserved more time, whether that be in retrospect through some sort of like, jump back to see like how this all came about or, you know, how they were planning this Mm -hmm. or, or just like the, the concept of time in this movie does not give the weight to the story that it needed. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like
0: Ray's training was over the course of three or four days.
2: Yeah. Way too fast. Yeah. Like, I mean, and these are fairly epic realizations for a character to go through. Mm -hmm. So for her to go to like the, functional equivalent of like sleepover camp yeah (laughs) and just all of a sudden become this great you know force wielder a little bit out of the realm of expectation for me yep um and i mean i get that they were trying to fit it all within like this this chase that happens over the course of however many hours they had of fuel left but i mean i feel like time would have given a little bit more weight to the to the remainder of the story
0: hmm all right. Yeah. So uh that pretty much wraps up our last Jedi stuff though. Um I I do think like kind of like as a a, a final thing, um the biggest thing that I would like to see them do moving forward is give Rey more depth. Mm-hmm. Because I do want her to be a strong character and right now she is kind of vanilla. Mm-hmm. Um this is Kylo's story right now until they really really explore Rey mm-hmm. and give her, give her more conflict as well not the temptation the dark side i feel that's weak yeah she needs something more uh and and it's there it could be there they just got to get it she needs like that batman moment in like the batman
2: returns or batman and robin where like the 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 riddler drops both of them or batman forever yeah the one you didn't say yeah whatever (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. It's okay, it's okay. You know where he drops like what is it, Robin and
0: Chase McGowan. Or yeah. Chase uh Meridian? Yeah, where well either way, Joker forces her. Nicole Kidman. Forces or Riddler forces
2: him to make a choice. Yeah. Like I think something like that for Ray might work, where they like she is forced to make a choice and is somehow like torn by that. Choice. Yeah, something heavy. Something needs to happen to her for it to be like, oh, well, now you've achieved this new level mm-hmm. of, you know, character
0: development. So, I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, final thoughts or something you'd like to plug. Paulo? Um, I don't have anything to plug, uh,
2: but, you know, definitely support the geek generation any way that you can, because this is how we continue to make this quality content for you all. And it's free. I mean, we're giving it to you for free. Right, it is free. So I feel like you know, like you just give a little bit back, and then we it makes something better. Even if that back means just
0: telling your friends to listen to the show. Yeah,
2: I mean, like subs- that is a currency. Subscribe to the Twitch channel, or you know, like join us in the Discord, or you know, even if it's like you feeling a little generous, you know, for a couple bucks way, like yeah, that's great. That's so, great. Yeah, it's great.
0: It's all good. It's all good. Matt West.
1: Please don't let Solo
0: suck. Please don't let Solo suck. Please don't let Solo suck. Thank you. <laughs> for everything else we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. We always appreciate those. You can watch our live podcasts, cooking, gaming, and more at twitch.tv slash thegeekgeneration. Send emails to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy, a link to their site we found on our site. We'll be back soon with more geeky stuff for you. We will see you then. Later.
2: Make it so.